This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena, no mai kiti korero. Welcome to the catch up on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo Irarangi Ona Tangata O Manawatu. Uh, the catch up is back. We were off last week. Uh, apologies for that, but I took a holiday. Uh, I know, I, it's, it's dreadful. Um, but we are back with a vengeance, and we are uh, joined uh, with by a representative from Horizons Regional Council. We have uh, Transport Manager Mark Reed. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kiora. Um, now, you've, you've got a, a, a fairly large role. Uh, I asked you for a couple of topics to, to look at uh, today and you've given us three and all of them are huge. Uh, so I'm assuming uh, this isn't a solo job. You must have a team that are, are helping you with all this. Yeah, so there's a team of about um, 10 or 11 of us um, in the transport space at Horizons. Mm-hmm. And look, in, in other councils, you know, in Wellington and in Christchurch, there, there are really big pieces of work around around the transport space. It's a it's a much smaller part of what Horizons does, mm-hmm. um, given given the nature of our region and, and, and the smaller uh, cities that we have. But is I guess really important we think for our communities and, and certainly in the public transport space and, and, and that in general. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you say it's a smaller job, but I mean, you know, in terms of public transport, perhaps. But and we're going to touch on this later. There's a regional transport plan. This is about freight. This is about infrastructure. This is about passenger services. There's a whole range of things, and Horizons Regional Council boundary is vast. It's a huge area to cover. Yeah, you're right, and, and and there are a lot of challenges, and 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 you're exactly right that that we play a really key role in the the lower lower half of the North Island, mm-hmm. um, you know, a really key conduit between between Wellington and and Hawkes Bay and and, and further north as well, um, and and a lot of other challenges. Um, around our urban areas, so you're well, absolutely right, and, and and the rural and urban side of things as well, because as you get rural, you've got older bridges, one way bridges. Uh, 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 Roads without tar seal on, all of this stuff that needs to be maintained and managed, and some of that goes to the city councils or the district councils. Some of that goes to Horizon. Some of that is uh, to Waka Kotahi's job. I mean, there's a lot of liaison going on there, isn't there? Yeah, and and, and there's a lot of ways that that Horizons can really support those other councils and 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 other um, organisations to be able to look. How how do we invest in this? How mm. how how do we look at a combined approach to how we treat, um, as you say, our bridges or say um, the number of, of trees that have been harvested and coming to our ports or inland ports. Mm-hmm. How, can we, how can we best um, have the transport network support those activities throughout the region? Mm. Um, let's, uh, we'll go to tra- public transport uh, in a moment, but I think more in line with what we're talking about right now um, is the nature of uh, inter-council Travel, interregional travel. Uh, people, that, I mean, the most obvious example is the capital connection, and that has been uh, a long 
right, uh, to first save that and now look at growing it. But it's also a collaboration with different councils. That was part of the problem with the Capital Connection is that it, count, it crossed a regional boundary, therefore mm. wasn't eligible for subsidy. That might be a gross oversimplification, but I believe that was the, the situation back in the day. Uh, what is the nature of that inter-regional link now? Um, so obviously the... That the key part around the capital connection is, is those trains as they currently are coming towards the end of their life. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in the next few years, there, there becomes a possibility where if, if no investment occurs, that service that service could cease. Mm-hmm. And so, Greater Wellington Regional Council have been undertaking a piece of work, uh, a, a, a business case. Um, it's been funded by government to look at how can we, uh, I guess, future proof um, and secure the future of passenger rail in the Lower North Island. So, mm-hmm. this is the the Palmas North to Wellington connection but also the wire wrapper to Wellington connection which is in a, a, a similar state yeah um, so really how could we best invest now because we need to take action fairly shortly in mm. order to be able to secure um, the trains or the investment we need to be able to continue to deliver a service on that line but then also to be able to what is the case for investment to be able to grow the services on that line and, and provide a, a different a different offering I guess to people so they can have multiple options in the morning to get down to Wellington from Palmas North or come back in the middle of the afternoon, um, should that be a possibility? How can That's we- the thing with the capital connection. Everyone goes, yeah, it's a great idea, but wow, it leaves early in the morning and you've got one shot to get home in the evening and if you miss that, you need to find a motel. Yeah, and, and that's a big barrier for people to be able to um, you know, leave the car at home or, or, or know that they can go to Wellington and, hey, look, if lunch goes a little long, that's okay, or you know, I, can, I can hang around for... Um, a little bit earlier or a little bit later, um, and that's that's you know we'll talk about public transport, but that, that's really part of it. If people if people can't make that decision to leave the car at home or not have that car at all, mm-hmm. then we'll never be able to generate that change. And yeah. and 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 there's the there's the the economic impact as well because it will cost a lot of money to have multiple services there but what are we trying to to do do you you know what comes first the chicken or the egg do you provide the services or wait for the demand you've got to provide the services first surely yeah and and look um great wellington regional council and horizons have been really upfront about the fact that um we don't think that our ratepayers can afford to pay the whole lot so we're, yep. we're seeking funding um through through government um for, for a portion of this mm-hmm. you know quite a large portion of this um, should they wish to you know, support us on that. Um, and, and, and you're right, you know, our, the business case work that's been done is, is producing a, a really solid platform for investment mm. as to why you would have three or four services in the morning down and then coming back in the afternoon mm. to be able to grow um, that patronage and grow those users. How do you make it? Because I've I've looked at the capital connection before for maybe my family going down to Wellington for the day, uh, and notwithstanding they'd have to be up at the crack of dawn and we'd have to make sure we're back for the trip. That's fine, we can do that. But for a family of six, no way are we paying that. It's just not not financially viable. We have to take the car. It makes more financial sense. Is there any way that we can make this more attractive to families as well to use it? I get the the solo person in their car driving. It would be economically more viable. When you start getting into family territory, driving's the way to go. Yeah, look, that, that that's a really challenging question around all public transport when mm-hmm. you get, you know, three, four people. And I guess that's why also, um, you know, across the country there, there is a lot of encouragement around that, you know, large areas have, have sort of T3-type lanes. Um, that's a really good question. It, it, it's really how, you, how, how can you offer that service and, and at what price point can you make it for those groups? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
I would say probably a lot of the work has been looking at turning those, as you say, single drivers, people in their car alone to get yep. onto the service. Um, it's, it's probably another question again to how can you get you know, those groups as you talk about taken okay. as well. I mean, is this the driver for Horizons? How do we get cars off the road? Is, is, is that, a, is that a, a simple metric where we go, right, we're going to invest in the capital connection because that will get cars off the road? Look, you know, we think we need to invest because we're coming to the end of life and, 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 and there isn't going to be a service offering there. But also that, that, that is a key part is how can we create that mode shift? How can mm-hmm. we get people into public transport? But, you know, and it's not just that one trip, but it might be that might be the trip that people make once a week. Mm-hmm. That means they have the extra car at home. Mm-hmm. And that extra car is probably making other, other trips all throughout the week. Yep. And you, if you can create that one change, maybe they'll – you know, walk or cycle to work when they're here in Palmy yeah. or catch the bus, whatever it may be. Because this links in with the other sort of side of Horizons, which is the environmental protection, looking at climate change, all that side of things. I mean, it's got to go hand in hand. Similarly, uh, you know, the uh, route over the uh, the, the, the ranges, Te Ahu, uh, Turanga, um, this... Uh, this has been a success story from beginning to end, really, this development of this new route over the, the ranges. Uh, the, the construction companies involved in it have done everything right. Uh, they've found uh, uh, archaeological uh, significant things and pulled people out. It's, just, it's been a success story from beginning to end, uh, to the extent where people said, could we have a cycle lane, please? And everyone went, yes, okay, we can do that. Um, but again, this is just going to encourage people to hop in their car and go east. Uh, there is a rail line going east. Is there? A, there used to be passenger services going out to towards Napier and, and Hastings, I believe. Um, is there any scope on bringing that back? I believe the Greens were campaigning on that a while ago as well. Yeah, I, I understand. Certainly, maybe not that eastern link at this stage. Um, I guess the, the business case that's been worked on um, by Greater Wellington is, is is looking at perhaps creating a platform that that could be used for other parts of oh, the it country. Oh, could be replicated elsewhere. So, so you know, mm. we've got this particular type of train that's just rolling stock that can we can we deliver this across other parts? You know, we've, we've done this work. We know what works for for our, you know, um, you know we, have, we have some quite um, different constraints to other countries around our, our, our trains and things like that. So mm. how, could we, how could we roll it out across the country? And I know that certainly it's been looked at, say, between Hamilton and Palmy, because obviously – Hamilton to Auckland, you've got to Tahuia service now, yep. um, and similarly with Palmas North to Wellington. But can we create something in between to be able to create that connection that's slightly different to what's on offer at the moment, mm-hmm. which is the you know few times a week service, which is really a, a tourist service. Mm-hmm. And again, talking about a very different service offering in terms of um, you know. Long term, we you know long distance rail. Mm. Um, th- th- this is complicated as well because you know it's 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 not the equivalent of British Rail running the the, the stock managing the lines. Th- this is th- there's a lot of people involved in providing a service like this, isn't there? I mean, just can you give us a, a brief look at that puzzle? What's Kiwi Rail's involvement? What's the the council's involvement in terms of what they provide? There's a lot going on here. Yeah, and and look one. Of the biggest challenges is um, for the for the track between say Waikanae and Palmas North is the amount of freight that runs on that currently, and actually being able to have the space and the mm-hmm. time to have more passenger rail services running alongside that freight, mm-hmm. and so that's actually one of the biggest infrastructure costs that would probably come with um, delivering a project where there was more trains running on the Manawatu to Palmas, oh, sorry, Manawatu to Wellington line, is actually 
that interaction mm-hmm. um, being single track for so long. So you're absolutely right. Um, you know, Kia Rail is, um, I guess, maintaining the, the current rail line. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the various stations at, at you know, towns throughout the Manor too. Um, you know, Levin, Shannon, Farmers North, which are, um, I guess, under various ownership mm-hmm. models. Um, to be able to work through and, and so there's, there's things there that if, if we want to be able to provide a different level of service actually we want a different environment at those stations as well to be able to encourage people that yep. hey look you know maybe at certain times of day there's a cafe somewhere so that, you know they can get off or, or get there early and, and it doesn't really matter if they're half an hour early because they can get a coffee or whatever it is they want yeah because Palmerston North Railway is not an inviting place no and, and look you know realistically it's not going to it's not going to move no so where it is is where it is but yep. can we do other things can we connect it better in the future with other public transport in the city or can we, you know, because currently people realistically have to drive or taxi to mm-hmm. to catch the, the train. Because the other complicating factor, am I right, is that New Zealand's uh, railway gauge is somewhat of an anomaly in, in, you know, you can't just pick a train off the shelf, so to speak, because the gauge isn't quite right. Yeah, so it, it, it pretty much means that, that when we go to the market internationally, to uh, potentially purchase these trains, we're buying something very specific, mm. and it's a very small order on a worldwide stage. Yeah. These, are, these are very large companies that are making these trains, um, and we're only a very small part. And, and, and you're right, the the, the gauge is, is is slightly different, and there's not many around the world that, that mm. run it quite like us. And and the capital connection itself is a, a, an independent thing that uh, runs on Kiwi Rail's lines? Because, I mean, people will say, what do you mean the trains are, are, are getting old? I see trains all over the place. Just put a, get Kiwi Rail to pull the carriages. It doesn't work like that, does it? Yeah, so, so the, the capital connection is currently run by Kiwi Rail. So, so that is one of their services. So, okay, so, yeah. Uh, Potentially in, in the future, that that would that would change. Um, should should I guess there be investment from Greater Wellington and Horizons and and the government through mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, look, you know, safety standards on on trains change. Um, obviously, you know, comfort and, and and just the ability to maintain these these trains becomes more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there are, there are a lot of reasons which which means that you know, they're just not viable, and we just don't have necessarily these trains set around that are going to be long-term viable options there are maybe shorter-term options mm-hmm. but you could be refurbishing those every five years in order to keep them going and you're spending a lot of money often mm-hmm. as opposed to you know, a, a slightly greater level of investment up front which then you're going to get a lot of benefits for for a long period of time. We are here with Mark Reed uh, on the catch-up, looking at uh, the current transport initiatives uh, of Horizons Regional Council. Um, we mentioned there, you know, looking at uh, railway stations and how to connect them with other modes of public transport. That segues nicely into the future of public transport in our region. Uh, Horizons provides buses, I know, in Fielding, Palmerston North and Whanganui, and possibly some shuttles, community shuttles and things elsewhere, but the main hubs uh, would be those three, and uh, changes are coming. Yeah, and, and look, in terms of the overall plan, so um, every six years or so we have to deliver a, a regional public transport plan, and we're currently in the midst of doing that at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it, it was um, 2015 when we last renewed this, and we just want to make sure that, hey, look, when we look at our, our future investment of public transport in the region, have we got that right? Mm-hmm. Are we are we addressing those issues that are really key for our communities? And um 
in terms of that, we'll be going out for um, public consultation on that sort of March, April next year. Right. Um, so Everyone put it in your diaries. So that's, that's a really good opportunity for people, you know, similarly to when you see a long-term plan come out or our regional land transport plan come out, um, a real opportunity for, for, for the public to be able to engage with how it is that we're investing mm-hmm. in public transport in the region. Have we got our priorities right? Are we, are we looking in the right places in terms of how we support mm-hmm. those areas? Um, so that, that's a really key piece of work for us at the moment. Um, and, and look, you know, we'll be really keen to hear what the public has to say about that in the, in the coming months. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it, it really leads our investment over a long period of time. So it's not just a now, but how, how are we going to grow public transport to support our towns and cities and, and perhaps our smaller communities? You know, we spoke about how it's difficult to, to, to really yep. provide different levels of service for our rural communities. Um, that's a real challenge. It's, uh, I mean, the, the, the public transport plan will be huge uh, and there will be many facets to it, uh, but the most people in the community will just want to know, will I be able to read the bus timetable this time? <laughs> Where will the buses be going? Where will the stops be? And I know in speaking to, I think, Michael McCartney uh, a few months ago, uh, one of the, the key uh, drivers around this consultation was the distance between bus stops. In other words, you could have bus stops close together and uh, more routes or you just push the distance out between bus stops a little bit and have uh, fewer routes. No, more routes that way, fewer routes with them close together. Um, Is there any indication in where you may be leaning in that regard? Yeah, so that was for obviously the um, the Palmerston North review that that went out um, early August Mm -hmm. um, and ran – Sort of, I guess, through COVID. So um, we got about six hundred submissions. Oh, that's that. good. So, so that, 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 that was really good feedback and, mm-hmm. and, and a really good span across sort of um, a large number of users. Some people who don't use it quite so much as well, um, and people who are commuters and 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 those who might want to catch it during the day or are elderly. Or, you know, mm-hmm. so we we got a really good um, sort of cross section of, of of people responding. Um, it came back as a uh, fifty-four to forty-six split, which um, <laughs> from helpful. A, yeah, <laughs> from a uh, from office so fifty-six in favour of um, the option, which provides greater frequency right. at peak times yep. on slightly fewer routes across the city. Mm-hmm. Um, although, when we asked what would you prefer, frequency or a stop close to home, sixty percent of people said they prefer higher frequency. So really? A, so, so, so there were people who may have preferred the other option, but actually, mm-hmm. they actually wanted frequency, but on the balance of it, decided to go for the other option. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this was all uh, complemented, I would assume, with the new B card. And I've, I've asked numerous times on the catch up what the, the, the feedback from that B card has been, because to me, the idea was all, you know, firstly, not paying with cash but having to do it online but the other thing was uh, scanning your card to go on the bus but scanning it when you get off again so you could see what the patronage was doing where people were going and moving were there any grand revelations in that data that informed you know maybe route choices or anything like that um so yeah so 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 certainly we um we used that to to be able to look at how we connect some of these routes i mean one of the key ones was um and not unexpectedly we have a lot of transfers from, say, uh, high school students going to particular high schools across the city yep. and transfers to Massey, obviously going to and from Massey or other parts of the city. Mm. They, I wouldn't say, were grand revelations. No. Um, but, yeah, the B card has definitely provided us a greater level of insight 
than than what we had previously and so would, we were getting on and off the bus. So would you be looking at therefore trying to eliminate some of those transfers and making a route that would allow a person to just stay on the bus and go where they need to go instead of making that transfer? Yeah, so so certainly one of the routes during our consultation that was really positive was a sort of airport hospital to Massey route and that's connecting some some really key destinations in the city, and, and there was a lot of really positive feedback about that. Mm-hmm. There's also some feedback that was quite sporadic from someone saying, hey, look, I want to go from my house to where I work. Mm-hmm. That, that's, <laughs> yes. that's, that, that's really difficult when you get um, 20 different people living in 20 different places and working in 20 different places. So, yeah. you know, um, some, are, some are useful for the, the, helping the, us inform that decision. Some, the, are, some are more difficult. This is buses, not Uber, okay? Yeah. A little bit of realism is probably uh, quite good. Um, so public transport, uh, the, the, the buses are obviously uh, being looked at. Uh, we've got the consultation in March, April next year. Um, is there anything people should be aware of uh, in the lead up to that? Anything that you're planning in some of these other services? I know fielding's getting some attention. Uh, there's some stuff going on in, in Wanganui. Yeah, so so look, fielding um, towards the beginning of next year. So looking to line up with the start of the new school year in January, um, rolling out a orbiter route. So a route that actually just travels around fielding. So mm-hmm. currently the only route um, in fielding is, is the fielding to Palms North sort yep. of commuter or connector link. Um, so looking to be able to provide something slightly different for for those people in, in fielding who, who may want to catch the bus and just travel, you know, it, it covers off a, a number of schools. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be stopping near a number of sort of retirement villages, um, getting you into town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could come into town for lunch if, if, if you're not doing anything during the day and be able to get home and, and be able to provide an opportunity for those who, who may not want to take the car out or, or may not have a car or other access to transport for that. Um, so that's really exciting. I'm looking to roll it out, as I said, sort of uh, towards the end of January next year. And has there been demand for that? I mean, have you, have you heard from the community in abundance that this is a thing that they want? So, so we, as a matter of course, do a sort of a, a, a mid-term review on a number of our contracts. And when we went out to talk with the fielding community, that was something that, that came through really strongly, that they, they, they really wanted a, a service beyond just what we're providing for the, the, the fielding to Palmas North um, route mm-hmm. was something that they can actually get around town yeah uh, we are here with mark reed uh, manager for transport services for horizons regional council on the catch-up remember if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the catch-up series just head to the website mpr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up we're also on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your online listening um we've spent a lot of time on public transport uh, buses and rail um but the regional transport plan which i'm looking at a very pretty picture of uh on the, the horizons website the transport initiatives in our region. Uh, we've also got things like tourism uh, and freight and uh, the, the, there is a big sort of freight focus at the moment the Kiwi Rail Freight Hub that's uh, going to uh, eventually um, move into Bunnythorpe much to the chagrin of uh, Bunnythorpe residents. Uh, some very creative signage on the route between Palmerston North and Bunnythorpe. Um, we've also got um, the Wanganui Port as well I see there and of course the new route uh, over the ranges again I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of freight on there, on there, although I do wonder why that isn't on rail as well. Is there is there any work in horizons to encourage freight onto rail as opposed to onto the trucks? Yeah, look, so the, the regional land transport plan, which was, um, I guess, signed off alongside our uh, long-term plan um, earlier this year, um, really provided an avenue to, 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 to lead investment in 
in mode shift. So so that's 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 freight onto rail and mm-hmm. being able to provide connections to rail, um, but also obviously in, in towns and cities around around walking the site and things like that. But um, look, really, um, really looking for, I guess. Government to lead some of those discussions around yep. rail. Um, you know, it, it, it's a really hard place to get key rail in to be able to be able to lead some of that when 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 it's so cheap and easy and effective to mm-hmm. put something on on a truck. Yes, and take it from point A to point B. I mean, I guess that's the point of the the freight hub, though, isn't it? I mean, the the, the you have seen the sort of the 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 three D uh, visualizations on 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 the internet, and it's very much uh, the idea that freight comes in long haul on trains, and then small trucks take that to where it needs to go locally. And and I guess that's kind of the shift that we're looking to to imbue in people's minds and try and get them ready for that when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, realistically. That that first and last trip, unless something is going out of the country, is going to be via truck. But mm. but can we get those those big kilometres mm. undertaken by rail, as you say? And I mean, Lord knows we need it. And you just need to take a trip up Ruahini Street and cross the bridge there, and just see the amount of activity just for the logs alone mm. uh, in the current hub. It's, it, we we have outgrown that. Um, but I mean, this aligns with I think it was Lou Findlay. Probably eight or nine years ago uh, in a Palmerston North City Council meeting was referencing this idea of the inland port. This was what Palmerston North was going to be known for. We were going to be an inland port connecting to Whanganui and possibly Hamilton as well, I believe. Um, Is that the same as the freight hub or are we looking at doing other things to create this idea as well? I mean, certainly Palmerston North and Manitou have positioned itself to be that sort of Distribution hub, mm-hmm. so, so that you know our our, our position in the, in the lower half of the North Island is sort of I guess almost similar to what Hamilton is doing in the in the upper half of the North Island between Tauranga and Auckland, yep. um, and that we've got the Hawkes Bay to our east, Wellington to our south, and and Taranaki to the west, and and we can I guess leverage the movements coming in and out of those places and say, hey, look, as opposed to putting on a truck to go from the port of Napier to somewhere up in Auckland. Put it on a train to send it down to Palmy, mm-hmm. and then we've got these other trains that are going up to um, to Auckland or elsewhere, and we can we can leverage that. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's a dissimilar idea to the inland port. Um, it's probably developed uh, developed more and is continuing to develop. Um, yeah. Now the the the, the gorge route um, is missing, I think, one component, and that is the ring road. Uh, that uh, I'm a, I'm a little hazy on this one because I thought that was sort of part of the gorge project, or one required the other in order for it to be viable. But that doesn't appear to be the case. What's the status? Uh, uh, the route's been identified for the ring road, hasn't it? But it's not necessarily happening yet. Yeah. So. Um the business case that uh, Waka Kotahi um, went through and, and signed off probably in the last 12, 18 months really identified the the package or, or program of investment that should occur over the next, you know, really 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and some of these things are quite short term. So when you look at, um, say, connections at um, along Karanga Bunnythorpe Road, so you've got um, state highway connections there, but also Roberts Line, which connects down into the existing um, northeast industrial zone. Mm-hmm. So there are some really key connections there that that between Wakatahi and Palmerston City Council, they could be strengthened to really support that growth in those areas. Um, then you've got some longer term things like you know um, additional mail two bridges, which we've obviously been talked about for yeah. a, a very long time, which are uh, further into the program, but probably no, no less important in terms of developing, as you say, that that ring road. 
Very good. Uh, Mark Reid, Manager for Transport Services with Horizons. Thank you for joining us on the catch-up this morning. Mode shifts, I think, is the the takeaway term today. This is what we're aiming for, is some mode shifts uh, in the region. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. And remember, if you want to listen to this or previous editions of the catch-up series, head to the website npr.nz forward slash show forward slash catch-up. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.